Kanye West embraces Donald Trump. Chance the Rapper tells black Americans to escape the Democratic Party. And Kim Kardashian speaks up for free thought. Whoever wrote 2018 is amazing. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Okay, it just keeps getting better and better. I mean, folks, the guest appearances, the special episodes, the moving moments. Could you have asked for more when you elected this reality TV show? Could you? I could not have. It is just unbelievable. We're going to get to all of the Kanye-related mania that has been happening around the world and what it means and why it's glorious. If I seem a little giddy this morning, that's because the world broke last night. I mean, obviously, we're now living in a parallel universe in which dogs live with cats and giant marshmallow men run through New York City. Something has happened. Something magical has happened. We'll discuss all of it in just a second. First, I want to say thanks to our sponsors over at Movement. So, Spring is right around the corner, and movement is dropping all new sunglasses to get you ready for warmer weather. Okay, we at our house, we have the movement sunglasses. I have movement sunglasses. I wear them. My wife has movement sunglasses. They are really top notch. The problem normally with sunglasses is you either get a cheap pair that looks absolutely terrible, or you get a $200 pair and then you break it or you lose it. Okay, so this is why you need the sunglasses from movement. Okay, yeah, they're the watch guys, but they figured that you needed sunglasses too. So they decided to make quality, trendy sunglasses at a fair price. They're not plastic, they are acetate, and you can get them polarized. They start at just 70 bucks. These are my go-to shades. Okay, they really are amazing. Now, I didn't even like wearing sunglasses generally, but these things make me look cool. I know it's a difficult task, but somehow movement makes it happen. These are high-quality premium acetate frames, no cheap plastic. Again, you have to see them. Get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to mvmt.com Shapiro. That's mvmt.com Shapiro. Again, these are the folks who make the best watches on planet Earth. I love their watches, right? I've got one on right now, as I always do. And now I wear their sunglasses as well. There's a reason for that. MVMT.com slash Shapiro. MVMT.com slash Shapiro. You get 15% off today. Go get some of their sunglasses. They're really great. MVMT.com slash Shapiro and join the movement. All right, so what's going on? I don't know. You tell me. It's crazy. So Kanye West, you remember him from such things as being crazy for 20 years. Well, back in 2005, you'll recall, during Hurricane Katrina, Kanye West decided to go on television and say that George W. Bush was a vicious racist who was drowning black people for no reason. And this is what it looked like. Here's just a brief flashback of Kanye West, young Kanye, who looks exactly the same today as actually as he did then, and Mike Myers, who absolutely does not look the same today as he did then. Uh, and they're talking about hurricane relief for NBC, and Kanye just launches into this thing about how George W. Bush hates black people. It turns out Kanye West is the only black man in America who thinks George W. Bush is a racist, but Donald Trump isn't. Uh, so that's pretty incredible. Here is Kanye West uh, talking in 2005. It's, remember, this is the guy we're talking about. The destruction of the spirit of the people of southern Louisiana and Mississippi may end up being the most tragic loss of all. George Bush doesn't care about black people. Please call... <laughs> Chris Tucker looking around like, what just happened? What just happened? Now, the reason that I show this is to remember that the entire left thought this was great. The entire left thought that Kanye West was a hero. Kanye West was another one of their cultural heroes, which showed a couple of things. One, look, Kanye was always a weird dude. Okay, Kanye was always a nut job. And Kanye back in 2005, you know, being a nut job, the left embraced his nut jobbery because obviously his nut jobbery cut in their favor. Second of all, there is this monolithic culture on the left that feels that all celebrities must be on the left. If you are not on the left and you are a celebrity, you get raked through the coals. We, we talked about this earlier this week with regard to Shania Twain, who is a Canadian country singer who was forced to recant when she said that she might have voted for Donald Trump. She can't even vote. She's Canadian. She was forced to recant all of that. Well, now Kanye West has, uh, has decided that it's time to break the thought monopoly. So there's two things here. One is a serious topic and one is a not so serious topic. The not so serious topic is the sheer hilarity of Kanye West becoming friends with Donald Trump and the left panicking. So the left is absolutely panicking. They're panicking because again, they have this monolithic hold on the culture. Now out here in Los Angeles, there's something called Friends of Abe, okay? It's the super secret Hollywood group that everybody knows about since it was on the front page of the New York Times. Okay, that super secret Hollywood group has thousands of members, all conservatives who have had to hide the fact that they are conservatives for years in Hollywood for fear of being fired. There's this groupthink that prevails in the music industry. Uh, there's a groupthink that prevails in identity politics. And Kanye West is in, at the intersection. Uh, there's that leftist word intersection. He's at the intersectionality of race and the leftist politics of Hollywood. So he's a Hollywood star, right? He's obviously a major music presence. Uh, and also he happens to be a black guy, which means that he has to be of the left. Because if you are a black guy and you are not of the left, 
according to the left, you're no longer a legitimately black human being. If you're Clarence Thomas, you're not black. If you're Condi Rice, you're not black. You've gone to the quote-unquote sunken place. And this is the language that folks were using about Kanye West yesterday. That was a reference to the movie Get Out by Jordan Peele, which is all about how black people who interact with white culture end up being essentially drowned by white culture uh, in their own psyche. It's, I thought the movie's deeply racist, but in any case, the, the left really believes this, right? The left believes that if you're a Republican and you're black, you're not legitimately black. They believe if you're in Hollywood and you're a Republican that you shouldn't be in Hollywood. They're fascistic in their groupthink. And Kanye West broke that yesterday. In this sense, it's actually what he did was kind of important. In the other sense, which is just watching the left lose their minds over the fact that a crazy guy says some stuff about Trump, that's pretty astonishing in and of itself. So we have to go through the entire story because it's just too glorious not to. So yesterday... Kanye West begins tweeting. And he's been back on Twitter because in about three weeks, he drops a new album with apparently a guest track with Tommy Lahren, uh, which will be incredible. But here, here is, here's Kanye West. He tweets out, quote, I no longer have a manager. I can't be managed. <laughs> pretty spectacular. And then he continues tweeting, I love the way Candace Owens thinks. Now, Candace Owens, for folks who don't know, uh, works for Turning Point USA, a great organization with whom I work. I speak at their, their leadership conferences a fair bit. And Candace is black. Uh, Candace is their communications director. And she speaks out routinely about why she thinks that the perception of victimization by black Americans is damaging and counterproductive. So Kanye endorses Candace Owens and everybody on the left loses their minds. This is crazy. How could Kanye endorse Candace Owens? He's going to the sunken place. He's going to the sunken place. But it doesn't stop there. Kanye continues. He says, you don't have to argue with Trump, but the mob can't make me not love him. We are both dragon energy. He is my brother. I love everyone. I don't agree with everything anyone does. That's what makes us individuals. And we have the right to independent thought. There's so many great things about this tweet. I, I will, like, it'll, it'll take me an hour just to break down the beauty of this tweet. It's like a Robert Frost poem. But you begin with the fact that they're both dragon energy. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds awesome. I know they're playing Dungeons and Dragons, whether they watch Game of Thrones together. I don't know that they both ingested cocaine. I don't know. Okay? We both, they're dragon energy. So we know they're dragon energy also. But what he says here, that you don't have to agree with any, anything anyone does because you're individuals and you have a right to independent thought, this broke the internet yesterday. The left lost their mind. How could Kanye West say that you have a right to independent thought and then say that he likes Trump, which actually is an element of independent thought? So Kanye says, listen, I can think for myself. And the entire left said, shut up. You're not allowed to think for yourself. You're not even legitimately black. I'm going to get to the left's response to Kanye in just a second. But we have to go through Kanye's fulsome thoughts. I mean, his, his, brilliant, his brilliant spurts of idea making. Here, more Kanye West. He says, if your friend jumps off the bridge, you don't have to do the same. Ye being ye is a fight for you to be you. Ye, by the way, is a Yeezus because he made a, an album called Yeezus. So ye being ye is a fight for you to be you. I didn't think he was actually using like old British grammar. Now, for people in my life, the idea of Trump is pretty much a 50-50 split. But I don't tell a Hillary supporter not to support Hillary. I love Hillary too. He loves everybody. Okay, he just loves everybody. By the way, his wife, Kim Kardashian, raised money for Hillary Clinton. And both of them raised money for Barack Obama as well. Barack Obama, by the way, once called the once called Kanye uh, a jackass publicly, which was which is pretty spectacular. We'll play here. Here's what Barack Obama once said of Kanye West. The young lady seems like a perfectly nice person. She's getting her award. What's he doing? Why would up he there? do that? He's a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. This all this stuff. A rare point of agreement between myself and Barack Obama, but uh, it is amusing to watch as as Kanye actually destroys the left's perception of pop culture dominance. Uh, so back to Kanye's tweets. So Kanye continues tweeting, my wife just called me and she wanted me to make this clear to everyone. I don't agree with everything Trump does. I don't agree 100% with anyone but myself. And it didn't stop there, right? This, this, this just continued. Then he tweeted out a picture of himself in a Make America Great Again hat, giving the Donald Trump okay salute. And he says, we got love, which is just amazing. It's just amazing. And, and people, people's heads were exploding online last night. I mean, just exploding. The entire left was losing their mind. We're, again, we're going to get to the left's reaction to this because it's hysterically funny. Okay, and then it didn't even stop there. Right? Kanye continues tweeting. He then tweets out, my MAGA hat is signed. And then he shows that Donald Trump has signed his MAGA hat and he, uh, with, with a bunch of flame emojis, which is really spectacular. Okay, there are two more Kanye tweets, and then we'll get to some responses. So Kanye continues, right? This thing is all day long. He tweets out a video of Scott Adams. So Scott Adams, of course, is a big Trump supporter and the creator of Dilbert, the cartoon Dilbert. And Kanye is now tweeting out Scott Adams' videos about why Kanye is breaking the culture. It's just amazing. It feels like there's something big happening. And I think a 
framework to see this big happening stuff is that people are breaking out of what I call their, their mental prisons. The people are realizing that there were things that used to, um, to hold us back, that used to limit what we could do and, you know, what our danger was and okay, what our opportunity was. Okay, it's just so was. funny. Come on, he's tweeting out Scott Adams' videos. It's amazing. Okay, then finally he finishes with this one. Uh, Kanye tweets out, Obama was in office for eight years and nothing in Chicago changed. Boom, mic drop, unbelievable revenge, right? So I love the fact that Obama called Kanye jackass and Kanye said, listen, Obama was the president for eight years and things still sucked for black people. Well, slow clap for Kanye West right there. Slow clap. So I've spent my entire career saying that I hate rap and I don't think that rap is a real form of music. And I think that a lot of the cultural values pushed by rap are garbage. WTF, OMG, I love rap now. Okay, I'm, I'm there. What can I say? And then what's amazing is before we get to Kim Kardashian's responses to all of this, which were just as amazing as Kanye, Chance the Rapper, who you may not have heard of, but your kids certainly have. Okay, Chance the Rapper tweets this out. Black people don't have to be Democrats. <laughs> Heads exploding all over America. People, Democrats at the DNC headquarters running and crying and sobbing to themselves because here's the truth. Black people don't have to be Democrats. Now, fascinating statistic from a guy named Harry Enton. Uh, who used to work over at 538. Uh, he may still work over at 538, actually. Uh, but Harry tweeted out this, quote, per the 2016 census, okay, only 8% of black voters went for Trump. But among black men earning at least $100,000 a year, it was 15%. So Kanye isn't completely alone. In other words, what Kanye is doing right now might not actually be as stupid and not important as I am as I'm mocking it for being. And in just a second, I'm going to explain why it might actually be important, why it might actually be important. And then we'll get to Kim Kardashian's response and Trump's response because it's just fantastic. First, I want to say thanks to our sponsors over at the USCCA. All right, so your time is almost up on this one. How would you like to hit the range tomorrow with a brand new gun? The USCCA wants to give you a free gun right now. You're a law-abiding citizen. You ought to be able to defend yourself. They want to make it possible for you to do so. They're giving away a different gun every single day this month, but all of this ends on Monday, so you are almost out of time. Just go to DefendMyFamilyNow1.com to get entered right now. You can get up to 17 chances to win your gun every day. It could be 17 Kimbers, 17 Glocks, maybe even that new Sig Sauer. They're all gone on Monday. All you have to do is go to DefendMyFamilyNow1.com to reveal the gun you could take home today, and it is totally free, but again, there's not a lot of time. The gun of the day always disappears at midnight. It all ends Monday. Again, hurry. This is your last chance. DefendMyFamilyNow1.com to get entered to win your free gun right now. That's DefendMyFamilyNow1.com. The reason you should go over there, besides the ability to, to win a free gun, which is pretty awesome, is the USCCA has all sorts of other services they offer to gun owners, from informational classes to insurance, to defense insurance. Go check them out. They're really good people. Uh, we, we, are always in, we are always honored to work with them. DefendMyFamilyNow1.com. DefendMyFamilyNow1.com. And again, you can get entered to win your free gun right now, but time is running out. DefendMyFamilyNow1.com. Go and check it out. All right, so the reason that Kanye's tweet storm might actually matter, the reason that Chance the Rapper saying this might actually matter, is because if Republicans were able to win 15% of the black vote, again, black people who made over $100,000 a year in the, in the year before the election, 15% of them voted for Trump. If Republicans won 15% of the black vote, they would never lose another election. Really, they would never lose an election in the United States again. Okay, the fact that the Democrats have been winning elections for so long is almost entirely dependent on the solidarity of the black vote that goes 92, 90% to, 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 uh, to Democratic candidates. And there's something happening. I think there is a ground shift that is beginning to happen. Uh, there, there's something called preference falsification. Okay, it's, it's a term that was put forth by a social scientist named Timur Kuran in his book, Private Truth, Public Lies. Uh, this was uh, pointed out to me yesterday by Eric Weinstein, uh, who's one of the most brilliant people in, in American public life, MIT, PhD in astrophysics, I believe. I mean, he's just, he's a pretty amazing guy. But he pointed out this, this idea, preference falsification. So preference falsification is this idea that the stuff you say publicly is very much peer approved that what you feel privately may not be the stuff that you say publicly. That if you may back Trump, but you're not gonna say to a pollster that you back Trump, in other words. And what happens is that as soon as a crack in the, in the wall appears, as soon as somebody says, well, my secret preference is actually my public preference, and your secret preference is also the same as their secret preference, you might say, well, now, now the door is open. Now I can say what I really feel. And there is this feeling among a lot of conservatives that perhaps there are going to be a lot more minority folks who say, listen, I don't want to be boxed into this idea that because I'm black or because I'm Hispanic or because I'm Asian or gay or a woman that I have to vote Democrat. 
know, I'm an independent person with independent thoughts. And if Kanye can say it, hell, I mean, if Kanye can say it, then why can't I say that? Right? Maybe meritocracy isn't the end of the world. Maybe a meritocracy is a good thing. You all know why black folks over $100,000 are voting Republican in larger numbers than folks who are under $100,000? I would imagine it has very little to do with tax policy and a lot to do with the feeling that perhaps it's okay to vote for the perpetuation of a meritocratic system. That we live in an, in an area where if you work hard, you still can get ahead. Kanye is a very wealthy man. And he does actually work hard. Right? There are a lot of black folks in this country who work intensely hard and make a lot of money because of that. And maybe they're beginning to look at the system that's been pushed by the Democrats and say, well, you know, I'm going to give this a second look. I'm going to think a second time about this. And if Kanye can say it, then why the hell shouldn't I say it? Why is that so terrible? You know, that's why this could actually be an important cultural moment. Because that and also because the left stranglehold on culture, maybe that's beginning to loosen a little bit. Maybe cultural figures are beginning to realize, hey, why exactly do we have to be monolithically Democrat? Why can't we actually have a different set of thoughts once in a while? Okay, so all of this results in reaction from a bunch of different people. We begin with the reaction from Kim Kardashian. So Kim has a choice, right? Kim Kardashian is, of course, Kanye West's wife. And she has a choice. Either she can say, oh, God, Kanye's at it again. Shut up, dear. Or she can defend him. And Kim Kardashian comes out and defends him. So I love that our cultural heroes are now Kim Kardashian. Let me make one thing clear from the outset here. I don't think Kim Kardashian is a cultural hero. I think she's done a lot to, to make our culture more degraded. I don't think Kanye West is a cultural hero. I think he's done a lot to make our culture more degraded. But the fact that they are fighting back against the hegemony of a, of a fascistic thought policing from the left, that is a good thing. I don't have to like their work to understand what they're doing is actually not a bad thing and has some cultural impact and importance. Kim Kardashian says, to the media trying to demonize my husband, let me just say this. Your commentary on Kanye being erratic and his tweets being disturbing is actually scary. So quick to label him as having mental health issues for just being himself when he has always been expressive is not fair. Right, this is the point that I was making yesterday on the show. And the, the point that I was making yesterday is that Kanye has been like this always and yet only when he endorses Trump suddenly does he become a crazy person according to the media. Right, so if you think freely, if you think in a way the media doesn't approve, then you are cast out and you are seen as something absolutely terrible. Right? Kim Kardashian continued to tweet along these lines, um, and, uh, and she, she you know, was backing her husband really to the fullest. She said, yesterday it was announced that Kanye had parted ways with some business people and media outlets made this about Kanye's mental health, rather than just a simple business decision. So I'm glad he tweeted about the state of his company and all of the exciting things happening. So full-scale defense by Kim Kardashian of, of her husband, Kanye West, yesterday. And uh, there, there are four more of these, of these tweets, so let's go through them. She tweets, uh, he's a free thinker. Is that not allowed in America? Because some of his ideas differs from yours. You have to throw in the mental health card. It's just not fair. He's actually out of the sunken place when he's being himself, which is very expressive. Again, the sunken place is a reference to Jordan Peele's movie Get Out, which suggested that if you are a black man dating a white woman or interacting with nice white people, then you end up in the sunken place where you're essentially a slave to them, that they've enslaved you and taken over your body, which it's an idiotic idea. I was, uh, again, I think Get Out is a really, really troubling movie and the fact that so many people are willing to overlook the racial politics of the movie is astounding to me. The idea that Kanye West is in the sunken place now because he's, he's doing all this. This is, by the way, an idea that's being pushed by a lot of folks on the left. So I, I have to show you this, this clip from, the, from Comedy Central, The Opposition. And it's clip 15. Uh, so this is, the, I mentioned the sunken place. If you haven't seen the movie, there's a scene where, uh, I believe her name is uh, Catherine Keener, uh, is, is sitting there hypnotizing the black main character by swirling her, her drink in her, in her cup of coffee with her spoon. And so throughout this clip, what you will hear is this, is this black woman who is supposedly playing the Catherine Keener character, trying to hypnotize black people into supporting President Trump while swirling her spoon in her cup. Because the idea is that she's going to put us all in the sunken place in order to vote for Trump. The left has been lying to us. We're not stronger together. We're stronger as individuals. You don't have to be a Democrat. What has Barack Obama ever done for you? I mean, for you personally. <laughs> has Barack Obama ever helped you move? <laughs> Did he give you a ride to the airport? Uh, Nicole. Nicole, Nicole, why, why are you stirring your tea so weird? Don't worry, Jordan. It's not for you. All that matters is... We got Kanye! We got Kanye! We got Kanye. Okay, so again, the, the, uh, the, so this idea is that Kanye was somehow put into the sunken place by all of the evil white people and black Republicans. Okay, this is so condescending, I can't even tell you. It's insanely condescending. 
Yeah, I think that black people, just like white people, just like all people are capable of free thinking. But according to the media, if you support Donald Trump and you're black, this means that you have somehow been hypnotized into it by evil, nefarious white folks, which is just a crazy, crazy thought. Kim Kardashian continued her tweet storm again. This is the culture that she's fighting against. The culture that she's fighting against and the culture that Kanye are fighting against, this is the part of what they're doing that's important, is they're saying, listen, we can speak for ourselves. And what I love about that clip from Comedy Central is the lines that lady is using to explain evil Republican positions. She's saying, we are stronger as individuals than we are together. Well, we are because it's an individualistic society. Okay, and the idea that as a collective, being members of a collective is the most important thing is just, is just silly. Anyway, let's finish up these Kim Kardashian tweets real quick. So Kim Kardashian finishes tweeting. Uh, she says, now when he spoke out about Trump, most people, including myself, have very different feelings and opinions about this. But this is his opinion. I believe in people being able to have their own opinions, even if really different from mine. He never said he agrees with his politics. And then she finished up. Kanye will never run in the race of popular opinion, and we know that, and that's why I love him and respect him. And in a few years, when someone else says the exact same thing, but they aren't labeled the way he is, you will all praise them. Kanye is years ahead of his time. Again, this stuff is actually kind of important. So as stupid as I think pop culture often is, this is actually kind of important stuff. Now, I'll show you President Trump's reaction to this in just a second. First, I want to say thanks to our sponsors over at Bull and Branch. So if you had trouble sleeping last night because you were so excited, you were so excited about Kanye West endorsing President Trump, then perhaps... Let me recommend Bull and Branch sheets, okay? You just, the real reason you couldn't sleep last night is because you're sleeping on crappy sheets. The, the reality is you spend very little time thinking about your sheets. You spend very little money on your sheets. And if you do think about your sheets, you're thinking, what's the thread count? Do you even know what thread count means? I don't. I have no idea what it means. You know, but you went by a gas station one time and they said they were selling thousand thread count sheets. And you thought, those will be great. And then you get home and it's actually just a plastic tarp. Well, you no longer have to do that. This is what Bull & Branch is for. Bull & Branch makes everything from bedding to blankets, and it is made from pure 100% organic cotton. It starts out super soft. It gets even softer over time. You buy directly from them, so you're essentially paying wholesale prices. Luxury sheets can cost up to 1000 bucks in the store. Bull & Branch sheets are only a couple of hundred bucks. That's not expensive for nice sheets, and you're sleeping on these every night, so it is well worth it. We actually threw out a bunch of our sheets after getting Bull & Branch because they are that good. Shipping is free. You can try them for free for 30 nights. Uh, well, you can try them for 30 nights, and if you don't like them, then you send them back, obviously. If you don't love them, send them back for a refund, but you're not going to want to send them back. To get you started right now, my listeners get 50 bucks off your first set of sheets at bullandbranch.com, promo code Ben. That's bullandbranch.com today for 50 bucks off your first set of sheets. B-O-L-L and branch.com, promo code Ben. Bullandbranch.com, promo code Ben. Get 50 bucks off your first set of sheets. That also lets them know that we sent you as well. Okay, so Kim Kardashian and Kanye West speaking up on behalf of free thought, which is great, Okay. And then Donald Trump gets involved because everything is amazing. So Donald Trump over at the White House, he's got nothing better to do. It's not like we have like a North Korean crisis or, or the, the stock market hasn't been volatile. So, so Trump gets involved. And I got, dude, I got to give the guy props. I, I got to give him kudos here. And the fact is Donald Trump was always a pop culture president. This is the thing he likes most. It is the thing also that he is best at. You want to talk about making people lose their minds. Here's what Donald Trump did yesterday. So after Kanye tweeted out, that Trump was his brother and that they both have dragon energy. Again, amazing. Okay, Trump tweeted out, thank you, Kanye. Very cool. <laughs> and then Trump tweeted again. He tweeted, MAGA, right? After, the, after Kanye tweeted out a picture of his hat sign, he tweeted out, MAGA, which is just awesome sauce. So well done, President Trump. So again, everyone is very confused and, and the confusion yesterday was palpable and hilarious. So Shep Smith, reporting on this for Fox News, obviously has no idea what's going on, and it is so funny. The couple of first families all getting together here. It's Kanye, Yeezy, and, and Kim. I, my guess is Chris Jenner gave a call. We don't have this, but you gotta figure Chris Jenner gave a call. Don't you figure? Because this is getting up there now. Kanye's back, and uh, Chris is involved, and Kim's in there. Now POTUS has tweeted. We'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone in the world has the same reaction that Shep Smith is having yesterday on Twitter. And as I, as I tweeted yesterday, everything is so stupid and wonderful at the same time. It's like life just became a corgi. It's incredible. So Sarah Huckabee Sanders was asked at the White House about Kanye West, which is just unbelievably great. And here is Sarah Huckabee being asked again at the White House, the seat of government for the free world, about Kanye West, a guy who's sometimes rhymes words, and his support for President Trump. Here we go. Rap superstar Kanye West has been in the news lately for supporting the president and expressing his admiration for the president. Covering all range um, of topics. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious whether the president has reached out to 
Kanye West and whether he'd be willing to meet with him at the White House? Uh, I don't know of any conversation that they've had uh, over the last week or so. Um, I'll keep you posted if that changes anytime. Matthew? Okay, so let me just say this. I would not be surprised to see Kim and, Kim, uh, Kim and Kanye at the White House in the near future. I just would not be surprised if that is something that happens because how could it not, okay? This, we ended this, this particular episode of Trump season three on a cliffhanger. Will they go to the White House? We got to fulfill that cliffhanger. It's just incredible. So the best part of all of this, the best part of all of this by far has been the reaction of the left. So the left cannot believe this. The left cannot believe that Kanye would step off the reservation, off the, as, as Hillary Clinton once said, step off the, plan, the, the thought plantation. Okay. They, 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 they just can't believe it. How, could, how possibly could Kanye West be, be talking in terms that people on the left don't like? It's just, it's just crazy. So there are a couple of editorials. I read you one yesterday about how Kanye West is now the darling of the alt-right. Now David Swerdlick is writing for the Washington Post, quote, Kanye West fell for the worst black Republican sales pitch there is. Here's why. And this is what he said. The best black Republican sales pitch I ever heard was from Niger Innes, then the spokesman for the Congress of Racial Equality, or CORE, a civil rights era organization led by his father, Roy Innes. The GOP is not for rich people, he said during our conversation at the 2011 CPAC. It's for people who want to be rich. There are, of course, many working class Republicans and many rich black Democrats, but it's a clever way to make a, a, clever way to make a point. Striving black Americans ought to reconsider what the GOP has to offer. The worst black Republican sales pitch is the one Kanye West just fell for. Turning Point USA spokeswoman Candace Owens is one woman revival of the trope that black Americans are slaves on the Democratic Party plantation. It's shop-worn, defies logic, and mainly sh highlights the shallow politics of those who subscribe to it. So then they go through uh, a bunch of Republicans who have said that there is this thought plantation for Democrats where they have been inculcated to believe in a, in a nation of victimization. Okay, well, listen, again, black people can think for themselves, but it is also true the Democratic Party has been pushing this message of victimization to every minority group that it can find, not just black folks. And a lot of people have been buying into it because it is flattering. It's flattering to believe that if there's a level of lack of success in, uh, in a particular community, any community, that that's because of victimization at the hands of somebody greater. You know, Trump does the same thing with working class white folks in, uh, in, the, in the Rust Belt. But again, the left can't deal with this. So again, it, it must be that, I love that the argument of this piece is that black people have not been duped by the Democratic Party. Kanye West has been duped by Republicans. You can't have it both ways. Either everybody is capable of thinking for themselves, in which case, give them credit, or people are being duped on all sides. So this is, here's what Candace, what Candace Owens said last week that sort of got Kanye's attention. Quote, victim mentality is not cool. I don't know why people like being oppressed. We're oppressed. 400 years of slavery. Jim Crow. By the way, none of you guys lived through that. Your grandparents did, and it's embarrassing that you utilize their history. You're not living through anything right now. Okay, and then Kanye West said, well, that's kind of true. And, that's, and then Kanye West said, uh, the truth is the numbers are in, okay? Police brutality is not an issue that is facing the black community whatsoever. Okay, and there's some truth to this also. Police violence, you know, shooting of black men is not disproportionate to the amount of crime that's occurring in the black community. And the level of police violence against black folks is largely explainable by the fact that police are, are largely policing black communities where there are high levels of crime. It has been true throughout American history. Whenever there are disproportionate levels of violence against any particular community in the United States that are not explicitly based on racism, it's largely because there's a lot of crime in that community and the police are, are in that community a lot. In any case, the Washington Post can't believe it. They just can't believe it. It's just terrible. Um, and, uh, it's, and so this must be that Kanye has fallen into the sunken place. They're not the only people saying this. Over at The Root, Damon Young writes, Kanye West doesn't care about black people. So it's amazing. Back in 2005, when he was saying black people were victimized by George W. Bush, Kanye West cared deeply about black people. But now that Kanye West doesn't seem like a Democrat anymore, then all of a sudden, Kanye West uh, doesn't care about black people at all. So here's what this guy writes over at The Root, which I believe is a, a black-oriented website. He says, last year, Panama Jackson, a man who in the 14 years that we've known each other has become one of my friends, published a piece about his mother's support of Donald Trump and revealed how that ruined his relationship with her. Deciding to write this was very difficult for him. We had countless email, text, G-chat, and phone conversations about how his mother's politics affected him as he wrestled with whether to put these thoughts in print. And he said that, I do, know, I do not know if Kanye West is aware of the anger and the fury and the disgust and the terror that that slogan, MAGA, along with the shirts and hats and bumper stickers it's plasters on induces. I also do not know, as some have suggested, whether this is an elaborate publicity stunt or troll. I do know, however, that I don't give an F. Intent doesn't matter as much as action and effect. Kanye's recent actions have shown in clear and unambiguous fashion that he doesn't care about black people. I'm going to continue reading from this piece. Again, the left has, they're, they're gone. I mean, on the, the, you, you cut against their identity politics and they cannot control themselves. Okay, so I'm going to explain a little bit more about that in just a second. First, I want to say thanks to our sponsors over 
at, at, uh, at Chamonix. So you could have surgery to look younger. A lot of people in the United States doing that right now, but there's no reason that you have to do that. Joanne from Connecticut says, my husband looks 10 years younger using Genucel. He saw results the first day he used it. I've also had remarkable results. Can't be without it. So bags and puffiness under your eyes. Okay, that can be gone. You can watch those saggy, drooping eyelids disappear. That is years off your appearance. It does work. My wife uses Genucel from Chamonix. My mom steals it and uses Genucel from Chamonix. It is that good. Not only that, with its immediate effects, you will see results like Joanne's in as little as 12 hours or your money back guaranteed. So that's pretty easy pitch right there. And from now until Mother's Day, you can order Genucel and you can try Chamonix's brand new Genucel eyelid lift for droopy, sagging eyelids absolutely free right now. Chamonix will also include a free surprise luxury gift also just for Mother's Day. So it's a pretty good Mother's Day gift. Go to Genucel.com. That's Genucel.com and select my name, Ben Shapiro, at checkout or call 800-663-2904. That's 800-663-2904. If you call now, express shipping is also free. 800-663-2904. That's 800-663-2904. Or visit genucel.com. That's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. Again, their, their product is just terrific. And if it doesn't work for you, then you have a money-back guarantee. So uh, pretty pretty. Uh, I think that's pretty easily worth the risk. So go check that out. Okay, so I want to talk some more about the left's disproportionate response to Kanye West, what it shows about their belief in pop culture, what it shows about their belief in race in just a second. First, you're going to have to go over to dailywire.com and subscribe. For $9.99 a month, you get the rest of this show live. You get the rest of the Andrew Clavin show live, the rest of the Michael Knowles show live, and you get to be part of the mailbag. Okay, so here we are, the mailbag. Tomorrow, send your stuff in. Get your questions in, but only if you subscribe. So go subscribe, get the annual subscription, and you get this, the very greatest in beverage vessels, the leftist here is hot or cold tumbler. You will enjoy it. You will love it. You'll be able to show it off to your friends. It is full to the brim today over Kanye West. I mean, this leftist here tumbler, we actually had to pour out some of the leftist tears just in order for this to be able to sit safely on the desk next to my computer. You can get your own tumbler when you get the $99 annual, $99 annual subscription. If you just want to listen later, go over to iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube. Please subscribe. Please leave us a review. It always helps. We are the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast in the nation. So again, this writer from The Root uh, he says that Kanye doesn't care about black people. He says black people who have supported him and amplified him and even shielded him from and defended him against the type of people he's aligning himself with. Black people who watched him grow from the person with the name we didn't quite know how to pronounce, who kept getting production credits on Jay-Z and Cameron tracks to arguably the most important person in hip hop, black people who made him. Black people like Panama, who again ended a relationship with his own mother because of what her support of the man whom Kanye just called one of his favorite people represents. First of all, if you ended a relationship with your mom, because your mom voted for Trump, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, if you ended your relationship with your mom because your mom voted for Hillary, there is something wrong with you. Hey, she's your mom. Don't be an idiot. But this just demonstrates the power of pop culture in the minds of the left. So it's funny, the left today is mocking the right. They're saying, oh, look at you guys. You're now all of a sudden you're big Kanye fans. And there's some truth to that. All these people who are suddenly saying, oh, Kanye's a genius. Can't wait to see him at CPAC. Maybe he should speak at the RNC. Like, come on, guys. I mean, it's still Kanye. I mean, Kanye's Kanye. And you got to be real about who Kanye is. The guy is not Phi Beta Kappa. He is not the world's greatest thinker. I don't think he's a great philosopher. But he is somebody who is thinking differently from the prevailing culture, and he's speaking out clearly about it, which takes a fair bit of guts. And that I think we can appreciate. But when the left says, you know, don't worship celebrity, there's a certain irony to it because the reason they're so mad is because they worship celebrity. The left has assumed repeatedly over and over and over that everyone in pop culture is their supporter, and they've relied heavily on pop culture in order to push their, their politics. This is what they do. I wrote an entire book about this. Hollywood is replete with people who believe that it is their job to promote social justice warrioring in the form of their work. And if you disagree with them, they will throw you out. You will not get a job. The same thing is true in the music industry. And when somebody speaks out, they cannot stand it. They cannot abide it. And the same thing is true in terms of racial politics. So we've now heard that Kanye isn't a real black person. He doesn't care about black people anymore because Kanye, as a black man, thinks differently than you. Kanye, as a black man, thinks Maybe Donald Trump isn't the worst person in the world. Now, listen, I may not think Kanye is a great thinker. I may not agree with his assessment of Trump personally. But I do think that Kanye speaking for himself does not make him any less black than when he was speaking for himself 15 years ago or 20 years ago. The, 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 the notion that if you, if you agree with certain white people that you don't like, that, that other people of your race don't like about politics, that this makes you not a member of your own race, is so disparaging and so nasty and so gross. No wonder there are people running from this. And the left keeps doubling down on this. It is amazing. I have to share this tweet from a former head Obama speechwriter named John Lovett. So John Lovett, uh, uh, sorry, it's John Favreau. 
Uh, John Favreau is a former uh, Obama speechwriter. He's also on Pod Save America. And here's what he tweeted. Stop giving Kanye the attention he's desperate for. Last time we did that, some huge bleep became president. Okay, so I will just point this out. When Republicans say this about, if they'd said this about Kanye, about exactly Kanye, if they'd said, why in the world would you pay attention to Kanye? When Laura Ingram said, why would we pay attention to LeBron James on politics? Shut up and dribble. When she said that about LeBron James, the entire world called Laura Ingram a racist. She was called a racist for saying that a black man was wrong about politics or that he was unqualified to speak on politics. John Favreau, a former Obama speechwriter, says stop giving Kanye attention because he's some huge bleep, just like the huge bleep who's now president. And the entire left says, oh, okay, that's fine. So it turns out they're not about racial solidarity or racial tolerance at all. They're about political solidarity and they use race as a proxy for politics. That's what this is really about. So it's fine for John Favreau to say this sort of stuff. It, well, what does it matter anyway? Because obviously Kanye deserves it, according to the left. Well, guess what? Maybe the monopoly's breaking. Maybe people are just getting sick of all of this. Maybe people are tired of it. The, the, the left has become so overreaching in its attempt to control people's minds, in its attempts to control our culture, that the reaction is going to be strong. There will be a backlash. And I think they've gone too far. I mean, how strong has, has the, the left's overreach gotten? Not only did they shellac Shania Twain for the temerity of saying that she might have voted for Trump, now... Hank Azaria, who's the voice of Homer Simpson on The, uh, on, on the Simpsons, he's come out and he says he's no longer going to voice the character of Apu, the Indian 7-Eleven owner, right, the Quickie Mart owner, because Apu is, is an Indian stereotype. Okay, this is so idiotic. Apu is one of the best characters on The Simpsons. The entire show is a series of stereotypes. Have you not seen it? Homer is a stereotype of a white, stupid father, right? That's, the, the entire thing is a stereotype. Bart is a stereotype of a bratty child. Lisa's a stereotype of a leftist pie-in-the-sky utopian. Everyone on the show is a stereotype. Groundskeeper Willie is a stereotype. Okay, literally every character on The Simpsons is a stereotype, but political correctness now says you can't play Apu, so Hank Azaria is going to bow to that. He's going to say, I'm no longer going to play Apu. And I think the most important thing is we have to listen to South Asian people, Indian people in this country, when they talk about what they feel and, and, and how they think about about this character and what their American experience of it has been. And as you know, in television terms, listening to voices means inclusion in the writer's room. I really want to see Indian, South Asian writer, writers in the room, not in a token way, but genuinely informing whatever new direction this character may take, including how it is voiced or not voiced. You know, I, I'm perfectly willing and happy to step aside or help transition it into something new. I really hope that's what The Simpsons does. And it just, it not only makes sense, but it just feels like the right thing to do. Okay, there are a lot of people in America who react to this, not by clapping for Hank Azari, but going, what the hell? Like, what the hell? We're now at the point in pop culture where we can't even make jokes about people who run the Quickie Mart. Right? Every, every stereotype has, been, has appeared on that show. Same thing in Family Guy. I mean, Family Guy has some of the worst Jewish stereotypes on planet Earth. And nobody seems all that bothered by that, that kind of stuff. You know, everybody needs to lighten up. Everybody needs to think of each other as an individual. And everybody needs to recognize that pop culture does not need to be dominated by one ideology at all times. And also, racial politics should not supplant individual politics. But the left believes, again, in intersectionality. They believe group politics always overrules individual politics. Uh, that's a really nasty belief. And a lot of people are going to buck that. A lot of people are going to start thinking, hey, maybe I'm an individual. And maybe I ought not be treated as a part of a group. The more that happens, the more the Democrats are really in serious trouble. I think that's what they know, and that's why they're angry about Kanye West. Okay, it's a lot of time that we spent on Kanye West. Now I want to turn to some actual serious politics. So there's some breaking news on Michael Cohn and President Trump and the investigations into them. So Michael Cohn has now pled the fifth in the Stormy Daniels case. So you'll recall that Cohn admitted to making a payment of about $130,000 to porn star Stormy Daniels in exchange for her shutting up about an affair that she had with Donald Trump. And then Stormy Daniels sued him because she wants to get out of the agreement so that she can talk out. Or actually, he sued her after she spoke up because he was trying to make her abide by that agreement. Well, now he's been called to testify and he has pled the fifth. There are a bunch of people on the left who are saying that if you plead the fifth, this means you're guilty. He says, I'm pleading the fifth because there's an active FBI investigation. Well, this makes a fair bit of legal sense. He would have to plead the fifth because anything he uses in court here can be used against him by the FBI. So even if he just slips up, even if, he, even if he misspeaks, that stuff can now be used as the predicate for an investigation by the FBI. The only thing he can do right now is abide by the stuff his attorneys are telling him. If people are saying he's guilty, I, I, don't, I don't see 
you know, any evidence of that yet. We'll find out what people have on him when the FBI finally comes forward with an actual indictment, if in fact they do. Meanwhile, President Trump's lawyers have told the judge that they are hiring a forensics firm to, cor to comb through a trove of documents seized when the FBI raided the property of his personal attorney, Michael Cohen, according to CNN. They said the president will be available as needed to review materials to isolate those they believe are protected by attorney-client privilege. Attorneys for President Trump submitted a letter to the court ahead of a hearing that uh, Judge Kimballwood scheduled for Thursday afternoon asking for an update on the government production of copies of materials seized in the raid of Cohen's home. Not surprising that, the, that, that Trump's lawyers would want to go through the documents. They know exactly what's there and they know how to handle it. And there are a couple of threats to Trump in the Michael Cohen FBI raid. Uh, the threat number one is that Trump combined with Cohen in order to pay off Stormy Daniels, and this is a campaign finance violation. That's possibility number one. The second and, and more difficult possibility is that Trump has been using Cohen as a fixer on various issues for years. The real possibility that, that Cohen has documents showing that Trump you know, paid for an abortion or something, and that leaks, that possibility is pretty high. Trump is going to want to know whether the, whether the FBI has that. The FBI has not been non-leaky. Let's put it that way. They've been quite leaky all throughout this process. So it's not a giant shock uh, that, that Trump wants to be involved in, in document production and seeing what exactly the FBI has. Meanwhile, Rudy Giuliani, President Trump's new personal lawyer, is dealing with an ongoing probe into Russian interference in the 2016 election, and he's met with counsel Robert Mueller on Tuesday, reopening negotiations for a presidential interview, according to the Washington Post. So Giuliani joined Trump's legal team last week. He's conveyed the ongoing resistance of Trump and his advisors to an interview with federal investigators, but he's now negotiating with Mueller. I think the idea here is we'll let Trump talk to you if you promise that basically you got nothing on him, right? If you say that you got nothing on him, and if I know what you're going to ask him, then I'm happy to put Trump here in front of you. Now, I think this is a dumb legal strategy. I think all the best intentions will go awry. I don't see an upside, really, to Trump talking with Mueller. Maybe the idea here is that if Trump demonstrates that he has no knowledge of anything that went on during his campaign, then Mueller has no case against Trump. But it's also possible that Trump lets something slip that's really damaging. Again, it's up to Mueller to prove the case. It's not up to Trump to disprove the case. So I'm not sure I see the legal strategy here on the part of, uh, of Rudy Giuliani pushing this sort of stuff. Uh, Giuliani, of course, is trying to get this thing settled. There are a lot of people around Trump, I can tell you this, there are a lot of people who are very close to Trump who are giving him bad advice. Uh, I don't think Giuliani is necessarily one of them, but I know that there are a lot of people close to Trump who are telling him Jeff Sessions is the worst, Rod Rosenstein is the worst, maybe you should just fire all of these people, maybe you should fire Mueller. Mr. President, do not listen to that advice. This is all going to be fine as long as everyone just shuts up. Okay, because again, I don't see any of the evidence yet to demonstrate Russian collusion with the Trump campaign and certainly not with the knowledge of the president of the United States. And I don't see the case for obstruction of justice. Even James Comey doesn't see the case for obstruction of justice. And so I, I just, I think that it's a, a big mistake to underestimate the, the impact of getting in front of Mueller. I think it's a big mistake to fire the people who are involved. President Trump should be taking the most hands-off approach possible here because they don't have the goods. They just do not. There's no evidence that they have the goods at this point. And until there is evidence they have the goods, President Trump would be a fool to, to dip his thumb into this particular pie. Okay, time for some things I like, and then we'll get to some things that I hate. So, things that I like. Uh, yesterday, I spoke at Liberty University. It is an incredible place. I will tell you, it is just an amazing place. The level of uh, religious fervor, the level of, of interest in Judeo-Christian values, uh, it was really quite wonderful. They're about, I guess they, it was a, it's convocation, so it's a huge crowd. Convocation, you're mandated to come. So I can't say that I drew all of those people. Uh, I have been told that normally convocation speakers draw seven to 8,000 people. We drew anywhere from, from 11,000 to 13,000 people yesterday, and it was just electric. It was fantastic. Uh, and, the, and before we started, uh, the convocation, when you give a speech, it's actually in the middle of a worship service. Uh, and the worship service was led by the Liberty University Worship Collective. They're actually really good. Okay, so this is the band that they, they, they shift every four years. So every four years, they change over the, the constituency of their worship band. And the worship band is actually quite good. I was quite taken with them. So here's, here's a little bit of what they sounded like. They have, uh, they have uh, a music video for one of their songs. I believe this, uh, this is slightly older. It's from last year.
It was really a cool thing, and uh, it was it, there's an amazing moment actually. During my speech, I talked a little bit about uh, abortion, actually a fair bit about abortion, and I talked about the the movement on the left to abort children with Down syndrome. And one and the one of the uh, I believe he's one of the deans over there, uh, Pastor David Nasser, uh, his brother. Uh, came up with him afterward. His brother was in the crowd, and his brother is Down syndrome. And his brother led a prayer after my speech uh, against abortion. He said, some inc- he said something incredibly moving. He, th- he actually thanked God for his Down syndrome. He said, I thank God for my Down syndrome so I can be an advocate on behalf of Down syndrome people uh, everywhere who do not want to be killed in the womb. It was an amazing, amazing thing. Um, but yeah, uh, Liberty is doing amazing work, and it's not just because... I, I speak at a lot of campuses, right? How often do I actually recommend the campuses? I think Liberty is doing some pretty amazing things. The, the level of growth at that university is just incredible. Uh, so check them out. If you're, if you're looking at going to college, I think this would be an interesting place to go for sure. Uh, and check out the Liberty University Worship Collective if you're into Christian rock. Uh, it's, uh, I, I think they do some, some pretty cool stuff. Okay, time for a couple of quick things that I hate. So first thing that I hate... Uh, it is pretty incredible how Hillary Clinton was able to get away with the fact that she was so closely associated with Harvey Weinstein. It had very little impact on her during the uh, during the election cycle, and she has not really been raked over the coals for her uh, for her association with Weinstein since Ronan Farrow, who just won a Pulitzer Prize for his investigation into Harvey Weinstein. Uh, he's he's written a new book now, and he actually says that Hillary canceled an interview, tried to cancel an interview because he was writing about Harvey Weinstein, which is a pretty incredible thing had scheduled an interview while I was at the height of the Weinstein reporting and uh, her folks got in touch and said we hear you're working on a big story sounded very concerned and tried to cancel that interview over the Weinstein stuff over the Weinstein stuff oh I'm surprised at that you also write about something that I'm pretty pretty impressive uh, you know that, that Hillary Clinton would go that far in defense of Harvey Weinstein but again everyone on the left who's ripping into Trump remember you ran the worst candidate in history in 2016 that's why you lost Okay, other things that I hate. So, so Macron, Emmanuel Macron spoke before Congress yesterday. It got completely overshadowed by Kanye, which is hysterically funny. Apparently, there are reports that the French embassy, they were confused because all of the news coverage yesterday was about Stormy Daniels and Kanye West. They're like, well, but our president is here speaking before Congress and no one cares. Of course we don't care. Why would we care what Emmanuel Macron has to say? I mean, like, really, he's, like, I understand he likes to plant trees with President Trump and hold hands with them sometimes, all weird and stuff, but, like, why exactly would I care what Emmanuel Macron has to say on matters of politics when his own country is right now in the throes of a spate of anti-Semitic attacks that has led to the mass migration of literally thousands of Jews per year out, out, of, out of France to Israel. And he's talking about Western values at the same time. Apparently, he ripped into Trump from the floor of Congress. Democrats were cheering. It was basically an Obama speech from the floor of Congress. Here's what it sounded like. We can choose isolationism, withdrawal, and nationalism. This is an option. It can be tempting to us as a temporary remedy to our fears. But closing the door to the world will not stop the evolution of the world. It will not douse but inflame the fears of our citizens. There is an existing framework called the JCPOA to control the nuclear activity of Iran. Okay, so he, we he went out and he promoted the Iran deal and he talked about how isolationism, is, uh, isolationism isn't the way. I agree that isolationism isn't the way. He also talked about how nationalism was, was inherently terrible, which is something I disagree with. I don't think nationalism is inherently terrible. I think it depends what nation you are being nationalistic on behalf of. But when Macron goes out there and he rips into the Trump administration, which is currently defending Western civilization on a variety of fronts, right? It, it was Trump, not Obama, who actually took action in Syria. It's Trump, not Obama, who's attempting to take action in North Korea. It is Trump, not Obama, who's taking harsh action against the Russians. Uh, and when Macron gets up there and rips into Trump, it just demonstrates that the global left has a, a serious disconnect. They think that being globalist, being internationalist, uh, that what that really means is that we all ought to get in a room and then have a poll as to what to do on policy. Trump believes that, and I think that he's been made to believe, at least by the folks around him, uh, like John Bolton and company, that being a, a true nationalist means protecting America's interests, which means, which means being muscular on the world stage. And pursuing America's interests also means sometimes going it alone, which obviously is eminently correct. Okay, final thing that I hate today. So all the late night hosts last night decided to go after Kanye, of course, because if Kanye had tweeted in favor of President Obama or had tweeted against Trump, then he'd be a hero. If Colin Kaepernick kneels for the national anthem, he's a hero. But if Kanye tweets that he likes President Trump, end of world. So you want to see the, the solidarity of Hollywood. You want to see the universality of Hollywood and the, the monolithic nature of Hollywood. Look at these late night hosts going after Kanye. But right now, my Twitter feed is just tweets from Donald Trump and Kanye West. 
Kanye is getting kind of political. He tweeted, my MAGA hat is signed, followed by 30 fire emojis. <laughs> now, that is fitting, because that is how many times I would set that hat on fire. We have the right to independent thought, and I independently think that Kanye has lost his mind. Like, I don't even know what happened here. I think Kanye West just realized he's too rich to not be Republican. I don't even know what it is. You know what's crazy is that Kanye is the same guy who said George Bush hates black people. That's what he said. He said George Bush doesn't care about black people, but he's the same guy who loves Trump. Like, when George Bush sees this on Twitter, he's gonna be like, what the f***? was a bad president, but this guy's friends with Nazis. Okay, so a couple of things to point out here. First of all, I love Trevor Noah saying that Kanye became too rich to be a Democrat. How much money does Trevor Noah make again? It seems to me Trevor Noah is probably a pretty rich dude. Okay, second thing, I love that Stephen Colbert is saying that Kanye gets political and then he, he says that he would set the Donald Trump hat on fire. So only Kanye has been political, not Stephen Colbert. Again, you're allowed to be political in Hollywood, but only on one side of the aisle. Okay, we'll be back here tomorrow with all of the latest insanity that is sure to break out today. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Mathis Glover, executive producer Jeremy Boring, senior producer Jonathan Hay. Our technical producer is Austin Stevens, edited by Alex Zingaro. Audio is mixed by Mike Caromina. Hair and makeup is by Jesua Alvera. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire forward publishing production. Copyright forward publishing 2018. Gear up for the great outdoors with Forlo, the brand that's revolutionizing outdoor apparel. Forlo's non-compromised, 100% American-made outdoor apparel protects your body from the elements so that your mind stays focused on the hunt, on the water, or on the trail. Your adventure starts with a solid foundation, which is why Forlo's base layer is designed to provide the comfort and insulation you need to keep going when the temperatures drop. Their uniquely breathable down layer ensures that you stay warm without overheating. And since proper protection goes beyond insulation, the final layer, a waterproof shield, completes the system. From UPF sunblocking material that shields you from harmful rays to polygene technology that masks your scent, Forlow's innovative designs and cutting-edge material ensures that you can focus on the adventure, not the elements. Their commitment to innovation and American craftsmanship will carry you beyond the known and into the unknown where the journey truly begins. Get the most out of your time in the outdoors and go to forlow.com and use code DAILYWIRE for 20% off your purchase. That's forlow.com, code DAILYWIRE.